Welcome to the Mill Spec Believer Podcast. This is episode 22. I'm Ryan McCary. If uh, you want to connect with me on social media, I'd encourage you to reach out to me uh, at Mill Spec Believer, both on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, those of you who have done that, it's been awesome just to go back and forth with you and encourage one another and point each other to Jesus. Um, relationships are everything and um, I don't have a social media account for a ton of followers. I have a social media account, so I have a way to communicate with you guys uh, in a way that's easy for everyone. So reach out to me on there. That'd be awesome. I'd also point you to uh, leave a review um, and rate the podcast. If you could do that on your device, whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of those, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time and uh, just hanging out with me today. So Today, talking about low risk, high reward. Uh, What do I mean by that? So in today's military, and I promise this will all be applicable, even if uh, you're not in the military, but in today's military, there's this idea that we have this growing problem of leaders. It's not everyone, um, but there's definitely those progressing through the ranks who really struggle with allowing their people to do what is necessary and take necessary risks in order to achieve operational or strategic gains. Um, basically, they would rather take the safest route, even if it ultimately prohibits everyone from doing their job, And they choose to go this route because it's the safest option. And typically, it it relieves them of any consequences or or the chances of being called a failure, you know, if they mess up something. The issue here is toxic leadership. What I just described is toxic. Um, And... The people who take the least risks screw up the least and therefore promote the most. That's kind of the idea I'm talking about. Um, I'll say that again. The people who take the least risks think that they will screw up the least and therefore promote the most. The war heroes, you know, the amazing leaders you read about and everything, um, they're not getting higher and higher in the military. They're not ranking up. Um, Typically, those high-functioning leaders rub people the wrong way. Again, they're amazing leaders, and yet the system finds a way to funnel them out. Either they get fed up with, you know, the establishment and they don't really want to be a part of it anymore. Um, Whatever it is, ultimately you get left with a military full of yes-men or yes-women who have no backbones. I'll say this again, I'm, I'm not describing everyone in the military right now, but there is definitely those people in the military that I would consider toxic who kind of abide by these things. <sighs> I, I honestly don't know why these types of individuals join the military to begin with. I know why I joined the military, specifically to be a TACP officer. Um, I wanted to serve my country. I wanted to do something awesome. You know, I grew up playing cops and robbers, Call of Duty, and 
I wanted to have a cool job. Who doesn't? Um, I wanted to push myself physically, mentally, and try and achieve something great. And more than anything, I wanted to have an avenue to be bold in my faith around those dudes who are getting after it and who are going to work every day, putting their lives on the line. I didn't join the military to become a general or to be a full bird colonel. Um, could have been in the cards, but that's not what I care about. I, I wanted to get after it with the dudes. And if anything, I, I didn't want to rank up so I could stay at the tactical level longer. Um, I know we were talking about that a little bit last episode, but anyways, um, so that's why I joined. Um, what do the enlisted dudes want out of their officers? What, what do enlisted TACPs expect out of their officers? I think anyone who has a manager, whether you're in the civilian world or whether you're in the military, you want a manager who's going to enable you to do your job well. Not through micromanagement, but through a big boy system. You know, everyone wants to be treated like an adult. So you, you, that, you want the freedom to do your job well. Um, but you also want that leader above you to filter any BS before it hits your level. I found out really early as a TACP officer when I would go into these staff meetings, you know, I'd have my staff meeting with all the high, high level, uh, high ranks, and then I would have to go funnel their information down to the dudes and basically say, hey, here's what came out of that meeting. Um, I found out really quick that some leaders act as filters for their dudes, um, and some are just water hoses. Uh, some are just redirecting that water from the, the leadership and just dumping it on the dudes. Um, and I didn't want to be that kind of leader. I wanted to be someone who would filter out anything that didn't make sense and ask hard questions so that the dudes um, who were you know, trying to get after it and control CAS, like I wanted them to be able to do that. Um, because believe me, you do not want to be the officer in the room with all your enlisted dudes telling them, Hey, here's what we're going to go do. I know this is stupid. I know this doesn't make sense. I know it's just really dumb, but let's go do it anyways. You don't want to be that leader. No one, no one wants to be on that team. Um, there are going to be those moments where you got to do those things. But for the most part as a leader, I've tried to not do that, um, and I'd say the, the last thing um, is to listen to the direction that those underneath you want to go. Whether we're talking about a specific operation, you know, like their ideas for that or, or whatever. Um, a lot of these dudes have more operational experience than I do. They're way more qualified to share their ideas. Who cares that I went to college to become an officer? A huge portion of the enlisted has gone to college. And they even achieve master's level educations higher than me. Either way, they're more qualified uh, with their operational experience. So you really got to rely on those dudes when you're making decisions. Uh, if you think you have all the answers, you don't. Um, so you hear their ideas. That's awesome. That's step one. What do you do with that? You, you have to take the necessary risk to get there. You're not going to talk to any TACP or any um, special warfare airmen and have them. They're, they're not going to say, 
yeah, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. Let's just hang out at the FOB. You know, like that's not really, that's not really the way it goes when you talk to these guys. They're high caliber individuals and they want to get after it. So they have these ideas, which is awesome, but those ideas aren't always going to work out. Like life happens. People make mistakes. There's going to be consequences when things go bad. When that happens, don't point the finger and shame people for messing things up. Like learn from your failures. Learn from the things that you mess up. Don't like make it this toxic thing where if you mess up, then you're getting in trouble. You know, like there are consequences, so I'm not saying there's not, but create an environment for dudes to be creative and take risks. And when it goes bad, okay, let's learn from it and let's rehack. Let's do it again. Let's debrief, figure out what we did wrong. Let's do it again. Like we've talked a ton about that in some of our earlier episodes. So create that environment as a leader. And when it does go well, because it will a lot of the times, don't bask in that glory. Like praise the enlisted tech bees for their ideas or whoever uh, shaped the plan to do that. What gets in the way of this goal? Like what I described, I don't feel like it's that cosmic. Um, I think egos get in the way of this goal. I think there's a lot of people in the military who go by the motto, low risk, high reward that I shared earlier. You know, the thought that if I don't screw anything up, then I will continue to promote. This mindset cripples operations. Um, It flushes out a bunch of different ways, pending circumstances. Um, But for an example, like, like a ground commander who is scared to drop a bomb whether it's due to ROE considerations that he's fearful of. Uh, Basically, this dude is not letting the JTAC call in airstrikes because he's so fearful of repercussions if if it were to go south. But, I mean, airstrikes is a huge, huge force multiplier on the battlefield. Like, you can be outnumbered 10 to 1, but because you have air superiority, you have the ability to call in airstrikes and... You, your guys would be okay. It's okay that you're outnumbered. Unless you have a fearful ground commander. Um, another example, commanders not wanting to put capable individuals in a hostile environment. You know, there there's fear that someone could get hurt. Like, I'm not talking about random Joes or soldiers. Like, highly trained individuals, tier one operators, getting told to stand down and not leave fobs. Like, it's ridiculous. Millions of dollars of training for what? This isn't everyone. This is just examples of things that have happened. Endless examples of behaviors like this flush out in the military. And what's the result? The result is uh, enlisted or frustrated. Um, it prohibits the military from reaching its full operational potential. And as more and more of these toxic leaders rise in the ranks, it sends a message to the community that says, hey, success looks like maintaining the status quo. Success looks like never making any mistakes. It's toxic, guys. Um, You talk to any enlisted soldier, airman, marine, whatever, 
and they will either have frustrations of this or they will very clearly tell you that this is not the leadership that they want. Low risk, high reward. Like something's got to change on on that front in my opinion in the military. So what is the parallel to the Christian walk? Is there one or am I just uh on a military leadership soapbox. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, I do strongly feel everything that I uh, said up until this point, but there is a correlation here. If I had to sum up everything that I just said into one term, it would be called lukewarm leadership. Like you're there, you're somewhat going through the motions, but you are not being effective in what you were trying to accomplish in the military sense, is ranking up, you know, um, is for your own benefit and not that of the military. You're not rocking the boat for good or bad, but you're just there. You're lukewarm. And I definitely think this um, mindset and this uh, lifestyle definitely exists from the perspective of a Christian. Like, this definitely happens. Um what I don't want to do is, is take the next 10 minutes and say, here is some out-of-context verses on what the Bible says about being lukewarm. That's not what I want to do right now. Uh, do this, do this, don't do this, and try your best to be on fire for God and not lukewarm. I don't think that's effective. I, I don't want to do that. I I did that all throughout high school. Um, I've, I've even, in my adult life, fallen into that sometimes of, trying to do my checklist so, you know, like I'm being effective, quote-unquote, in the Christian walk. I don't, I don't think that's helpful. So what does the Bible describe us as? It's funny, if you look consistently throughout Scripture, we are constantly being referred to as his sheep in the Bible. Have y'all ever watched sheep? Like they're stupid, they run away, they get lost. They constantly need their shepherd to tend to their every need. Without the shepherd caring for that sheep daily, it dies. They're stupid, they, and they repeat mistakes. I want to encourage you all right now and say, Hey, as a Christian, me, Ryan McCary, I love the Lord. I have a true relationship with Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I struggle some days with being lukewarm. Why do I think that is? Um, I'm, I'm not glorified and in a perfect, sinless state. I'm not there yet. That'll happen in, when I go to heaven, but I'm not there yet. I'm broken. I still sin. I still have a pull on my heart to the riches of this world. I don't think you should see lukewarmness in your life. You know, like do a reflection, see some lukewarmness and, and hide it under the covers and pretend that it doesn't exist in your heart. Like that is not the right way to go about it as a Christian. I think the first thing you have to do is pray. Ask God to strip that from your heart. Only he can grow you and sanctify you and draw your relationship closer to him. I think in order to, you know, fight against lukewarmness, we have to reflect often. Remember, you are a sheep. <laughs> I just described that. Like you're you're always being influenced by the things around you. The people you surround yourself with, 
the things you watch, the music you listen to, like all are pushing something good, bad, like it's influencing you. You know, it's funny as a parent, like you're trying, I'm trying to figure out with my two sons, me and my wife are diligently trying to find the lines of what are we okay with them having in their life? And, and what are we like absolutely not want them to even touch? You know, it's a really hard balance to figure out what lines to draw for your kids. Um, And like God has set some pretty clear lines in scripture because he loves us and he wants us to follow him. You know, he is our shepherd. We are his sheep. Like he has given us the resources to know what is good for us and what is not good for us. By looking in scripture, you can find that. So based on that fact that it exists in scripture, this is why I love starting my day off in the word and in prayer. At the beginning of my day, before the kids wake up, before I'm interacting with anyone, I, I love when I have the opportunity to start it off in the Word and in prayer. It sets the stage for my entire day. The lens that I process everything through for my day starts in prayer and by looking at Scripture God has given me. Like I don't do this every day. I fail often at this, but the days that I do this, there is clearly a difference. Um... I still sin. I still mess up. Like it doesn't nix anything that I've been describing up to this point, but it just sets the stage and the, the lens I process everything through is through scripture and through prayer. I would encourage you guys to at least try that if you've never done it. Um, and as we close this episode, I want to encourage you all to really reflect Really ask yourself, like, if you are lukewarm in your life, in your daily habits. If the answer is no, then I would encourage you to dig a little deeper and reflect harder. Um, And if the answer is yes, then please, 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 please don't run to a to-do list of Christian things to get your life back on track. Run to a Savior who gave everything for you. Turn to the gospel, talk to him through prayer, and ask him to do the work in your heart. I hope that's encouraging, guys. Love you guys. I I, I absolutely know that these things are crucial if you're trying to be bold in your squadron, in your workplace, wherever. Um, This is crucial. So start here, and being bold will flow out of this. Hope you guys have a good week. Hope you guys are able to take and, and apply some of this stuff. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged even just going through this material myself. So hopefully you guys are too. And I'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.